Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Talking about about peace, you know. Um, have you enjoyed these these four weeks? We've gone through all four of the weeks. On the back of your bulletin, uh, you'll see we have all four of the weeks of Advent, along with today's scripture verse as well. You know, we we started four weeks ago, and we focused on hope, and then love, and then joy, and then peace. And this is our our fourth week. Uh, so today we'll be talking about the peace of Christ, and well, our, our scripture verse will be out of Ephesians. So let me let me walk you down memory lane, just to make sure that you, you remember, this is better, isn't it? okay, that you remember the, the four weeks, the four weeks that were interesting. So the very first week, if you remember, we talked about hope, the, the hope in God. And, and we, we used a verse in 1 Timothy that spoke about uh, to, to uh, charge the people that are rich in this present age, to be generous on all occasions. And we said, one of the things I like about that verse, because uh, David knows I like a prophecy, is that, is that it's talking, but since it talks about this present age, it means there's an age to come. Something that we look forward to, because when we celebrate Advent, we celebrate not only Jesus' first coming in Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, but we also look forward to his second coming, which is going to happen soon, okay? So the idea is it's, it's sooner now than it was 2,000 years ago. It's definitely sooner now than it was 10 years ago. And, and if you remember, we said that uh, those rich in this present age, we said there were some takeaways. Uh, first, we don't want to measure our value or our importance or our security based on our riches, how much money we have in the bank, because it's, it's fleeting. We said, you know, at any given time, your 401k can become a 201k, right? So, so you have to be careful. You don't want to rely on that. The secondly is we don't expect all of our enjoyment to come because of our wealth or our riches. Now, there is a country song. I love the song. It says, you know, money can't buy you much, but it can buy you a boat, okay? And, and I appreciate that, you know? But, so there's a few things that money can buy, but you really can't get your enjoyment from your money. It's God. The Bible says that God who richly provides us with everything, everything to enjoy. If I really think of the things that I look forward to the most, if I think the things that I enjoy, it's, it's the people. It's the things that God has provided for us. At, at Christmas, we spend time with our, our family, um, my wife, my children, my grandkids. It's the same with you. It's, it's being with you. That's what gives us the joy is, is other people. Now, for the second week, we talked about the love of God. And that was where we used the, the two scripture, the scripture verse that we all know, right? John 3.16. But in addition to John 3.16, I also added 17. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says, but, but God, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. And if you remember, we said that this was new for the, from the Jewish perspective. In fact, we'll be talking about that today. The Jewish people knew that they were the chosen people, and they didn't know that God actually loved the world. But Jesus came for the world. Today, we're going to talk about the peace of Christ, which is extended to the entire world, not just the Jewish people. Now, we also talked about, um, the last week, we talked about the joy of the Lord. And the first thing we established was that the joy is different than happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is like that smiley face, frowny face, smiley face, frowny face. It's based on 
happenstance, what ha what's happening around you. That's happiness. But joy is not like that. Joy is eternal. It's something that comes from the inside. It's based on our values. Now, the joy of the Lord is actually supernatural. It's the Holy Spirit that has come into your life, that gives you joy, that allows you to have joy in your life regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your highs and your lows, and we all have those. You can have this, this supernatural joy. Now, today, we're looking at peace. And specifically, we're looking at the peace of Christ, the Messiah. Uh, one of the major messianic prophecies in the Bible in the, is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. And it says this, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, while Jesus is the Prince of Peace, we often mistake, have the mistaken idea that peace means absence of war, absence of conflict. But that's not what Jesus brought. Jesus brought an inner peace, a peace that passes all understanding. Um, Jesus brought the peace through God, through his death on the cross. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. As I mentioned earlier, our scripture verses is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. So let's go on. Verse 13 says this. It says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments, commained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached to you, preached peace to you who were far off and those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. You know, in Jesus, in Hebrew, we would say we have peace. We have shalom. We have shalom. Now, shalom is not, again, the absence of war or aggression. It's an inner peace. In fact, shalom has the concept of inner wholeness and completeness. So if you are in Christ, you are complete in Christ. That's the idea of this peace of Christ. By putting our trust in Jesus as Lord and understanding that he not only died on the cross for our sins, but also to, true, to experience true peace. Peace or shalom, the shalom of God. So let's take this one verse at a time. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If you remember in our, in our study of Acts, when Paul got to Ephesus, got to Ephesus, Ephesus was a, a Greek community. There weren't a lot of Jews there. It was a Greek community. So these were pagans. And the, and the goddess Diana was there, also known as Artemis in, in, in the Roman theology, or Roman goddess. Uh, goddess. But Artemis was the, the primary god, the, uh, or Diana. And if you remember, Paul started a little riot. And the reason was is there were so many people that were coming to Christ, they weren't buying the little silver trinkets that they made for Artemis or Diana. So they started this riot in Ephesus, and they were shouting in the streets, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! Great is Diana of the Ephesians! You see, these were people that were afar off. They weren't 
they weren't part of the covenant of grace. They weren't part of the Jewish people. And, and they were far off. But Jesus came for them as well. Now, when the apostle Paul first men, uh, ministered in Ephesus, this is what he found. But, but Paul was referring uh, to, that, to these people that they were far off, that they were brought near by the blood of Jesus, by his death on the cross. And that's exactly what John 3.16 said. For God so loved the world. And these people that were far off were brought near. And aren't you glad? That includes us. We're the Gentiles. There's very few Jews here, okay? The Gentiles were brought in. Jesus died for the sin of all mankind, Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, men and women. Now Paul continues, verse 14. He says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now, the scriptures tell us that Jesus is our peace. He simply didn't make peace. He wasn't like a, a peace covenant or a treaty that people can make. He himself is our peace. Um, the blood of Christ, this death on the cross, brings peace, leading to salvation to both Jew and Gentile. Now, it talks about this middle wall of separation. Have you ever wondered about that? What is this middle wall of separation? Well, what's interesting was that in Israel was the temple. And the temple was very, very large. This is a temple of, of Solomon, and then Herod rebuilt the temple that was, that was started about uh, 160 years before that. And the temple, by the time Jesus was there, was a very large facility. And it had a number of different courts. And outside, was the, the first court was the court of the Gentiles. And, out, and just nearer to the, to the sanctuary, after the, the, the uh, court of the Gentiles, was the court of the women and the court of the sons of Israel. And between the Gentiles and the Jews was this middle wall. And this middle wall was a separation. You were not supposed, if you were a Gentile, you were not supposed to cross over, cross over. Well, the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. But in the 18th century, they were excavating in Israel. And they came across a plaque, which they, was in Greek, which they believe was part of this middle wall. So I, I got a picture of it. So... Do you, do you know Greek? Can you read that? You, you can't read that? That's what they found. That was the Greek plaque that they found. Okay, here's the translation. It says, No man of another nation to enter within the fence and enclosure around the temple, and whoever is caught will have himself to blame that his death ensues. So it's a literal Greek translation, but it basically means that if you cross this line, this middle wall of separation between the Gentiles and the Jews, off with your head, right? I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you could not cross this middle wall. But this is exactly what, this is exactly what Paul is talking about. Christ took down this middle wall of separation between the Gentile and the Jew. And not only that, it's really between mankind and God. This is getting good, isn't it? I like this. Okay, verse 15 says this. It says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Now, this wording is antiquated. It's not the kind of wording that we use for two reasons. One, we don't use these specific words, but it's also talking about putting to death by the flesh. That is, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he took the two and made one. 
Jesus abolished this in his flesh, his body. So you need kind of like fresh ears to be able to hear this and he, listen to what Paul is actually telling us. It's on the cross. His blood was poured out for our redemption. Paul tells us that this enmity was actually not ethnic Jews versus Gentiles, okay? But it was actually people, because of the law, were at enmity with God. The scripture continues, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. Now, these ordinances are talking about the Ten Commandments. You see, these, these laws were put in place, but those laws that were put in place actually could never bring the Jew in full reconciliation with God. They always needed a high priest. They needed sacrifices year after year after year after year. It's kind of like vaccines, right? You got to have a booster after booster after booster. You got to keep taking them, okay? The Jews continued to make sacrifices at the temple. They needed to do that because at any given time, they were out of fellowship with God. But Christ offered himself once on the cross. And because of that, he took down the middle wall of enmity, not so much between Jew and Gentile, but between mankind and God. You see, here's the, here's the crux. The law, which separated the Gentile from God, God also separated the Jew from God. Both the Jew and the Gentile were at enmity with God. Now, the Jews believed that the law was sufficient, but it wasn't. This is what the writer of the book of of uh, Hebrews has to say. This is Hebrews chapter 10, and you don't have it, you have to uh, look up here on the slide. It says, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then they would not have to have, have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. You know, this is exactly what Paul was referring to when he said that we took, he took the two and made it one. One new man out of the two, therefore making peace. Now, did you know this? This is something new that I found out just, just recently. Did you know that the early Christians considered themselves the third race? Have you heard that before? The Jewish people were the first race. The Gentiles were the second race. You see, most ancient peoples, in fact, we still do it today, consider themselves to be one and everybody else to be different. So, for example, in the, to the Greeks, you had the Greeks... And everybody that wasn't a Greek was called a barbarian, okay? The Jews were a people, and everybody that wasn't a Jew was a Gentile, right? You had slaves and free, men and women, okay? It was always in two different categories. So the two races were the Jews and the Gentiles. The early Christians considered themselves the third race. It's interesting. So there's, a, there's an organization that I subscribe to, a lot of pastors subscribe to, it's called Seedbed. And, and Seedbed makes pastors appear to be smarter than they are, okay? Because it gives you these types of things, little, little hints as you're reading through the Bible, Seedbed gives you a little bit of information that is kind of like of particular interest. So here's, here's a quote, it's from Seedbed, okay? I didn't know this stuff until I went to Seedbed. It says, the Greco-Roman culture with its gods and goddesses were the second race. The Jewish people with their one imageless god was the first race. Christians who had a single imageless god, 
yet spoke of more than one divine person and did not belong to any single religion, region, territory, language, or culture, made up the third race. First race, second race, third race. Christ, in his flesh, took the two, making them one. I love that. Verse 17 continues. Paul says, And he came and he preached peace to you, again, who were afar off, and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. You know, of all the names that we had before on Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6, where it says um, that uh, unto you a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be on his shoulders. And then they have these names. And the names are Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And I think it's the Prince of Peace that I've always enjoyed the most. To think that there's somebody that brings true peace, true peace to my life and our lives. He is our peace. He came and preached peace both to those that were afar off, that was the Gentiles, as well as, as those that were near, that's the Jews. As we say, they were close, but not close enough, right? The Jewish people were close, but not close enough. Now, we actually have everything in common, and that's the whole idea of the third race. If you're a Christian, you have everything in common with other Christians. You're actually closer to them than you are to your own family members that don't know Christ. I think that's why in churches we call each other brother and sister so often. It's also because we don't remember each other's names. <laughs> it's always easy to say, hey brother, how you doing? Great sister, how you doing? Hey brothers, hey sister. But we call each other brother and sister because we have everything in common. We belong to the same family. We have everything in common. You know, uh, Jesus in John 17 Pray, praise the Lord's Prayer. Not the Lord's Prayer you know, but the Lord's Prayer in John 17 where he says, Father, I just pray that they would be one. As I'm in you and you in me, I just pray that they would be one in us. He prayed it twice. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through this message, through their message. That's us. We believe because of their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Isn't that something? You see, when we're one in Christ, when we treat each other like the third race, like brothers and sisters of one family, when we treat each other with that kind of respect, regardless of whether they're slave or free, black or white, regardless of your racial background, regardless of your language, regardless of who you are or the money that you have or don't have, when we treat each other as one, the world sees that. And they say, look how much they love each other. And they realize that God the Father sent Jesus, who is our, our true peace. Jesus continues, he says, I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus closes, he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. You see, Advent is about not only first coming where he brought us peace, but also looking forward to his second coming, where we'll tr truly experience the peace of Christ. Because it's not just us, but the whole world will be at peace. The Prince of Peace and the Peace of Christ. 
May that truly be our prayer as well, especially at Christmas time, that we would be one, so that the world may marvel at how much we love each other. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. We thank you that Christ came to be. You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.